Ezra chapter 3. Truthfully, my hope is that I don't need to preach very long at all tonight and we just begin to pray. That's my hope. It's what I believe the Lord would have for us here tonight. If we're not men and women of prayer, if we have buildings and no prayer, even in our distancing, if we have corrals and not prayer, if we have our finest clothing and not prayer, we will be void of power. We will be void of the favor of God. Ezra chapter 3. I want to say thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Thank you for being faithful to the Lord's house. We do have many that are unable to be here. I also want to say something to the church tonight, okay? When you hear that someone has had COVID, do not treat them as though they have the plague. Okay? When they return, when they get through that, they're through it. All right? Don't pull your babies. Okay? Treat them like they're ostracized. And I want to make an appeal to those that are watching online that you are healthy in your body and you have no underlying health issues, but you simply have not been coming out of fear. I want to tell you there's plenty of space where we can socially distance you. And I want to encourage you to come to the house of the Lord. Amen. How many here would say amen to that? Ezra chapter 3, and when, when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, this is after that great destruction which had occurred hands of Nebuchadnezzar and and we're going to come into this rebuilding time. When they started singing the bridge to that song, I thought, Lord, only you could have set this up. Only you could have understood what you dropped in my spirit today to preach to these people. The temple had been in ruins. About to read about Jeshua, Zerubbabel, these priests here. Aren't you glad that there was something, something, something in them that said we can't leave it. We can't leave it in desecration. We can't leave the temple destroyed. We, we got to rebuild what the enemy has tried to destroy. What he has destroyed. children of Israel were in the cities the people gathered themselves please catch this is a great line the people gathered themselves together as one man wow they gathered themselves as one man everybody shout unity that's right to Jerusalem then stood up Jeshua the son of Josadak and his brethren the priests and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and his brethren and built the altar 
That's what they did. They built the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar upon his basis for fear was upon them because the people of those countries had offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the Feast of Tabernacles, skip down verse 5, and afterward offered the continual burning of offering. And at the end of that, willingly offered a free will offering. Verse 6, from the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Seems like they should have built the foundation before they built the altar. No, 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 no. If the foundation's going to be worth anything, they knew they were going to reset the altar first. I'm going to preach for a little while tonight, and I pray to God that we'll thunder in prayer a little while here. I'm... This is one of those, I'm going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card, Monopoly. You can just shut me down tonight praying. I'm going to preach for a while then. No, somebody, somebody who will pray with me tonight, I want you to at least just wave a little hand right now. We're going to have some pockets of prayer tonight. I won't preach to you on this thought, and I feel it from the Lord. The first thing's first. The first thing is first. The first, first thing we got to focus on. Because listen, Calvary Tabernacle, we're headed somewhere. We are headed somewhere. In spite of it all, we're headed into good things. I stopped and I looked around and I, I'm one of these people, I get the numbers every Sunday morning and then I look at them again on Monday morning and I want to know where this Sunday was compared to last Sunday and I want to try to project where we need to be next Sunday and I, I started looking around and I thought, God, I'm just not going to be happy for a while unless you give us a quick word. And I felt like God kind of reminded me, I don't really want you happy. I don't really want you satisfied. I want you reaching. I want you reaching. I want you striving. I want you praying. I want you seeking. Can a church have revival through COVID? I think we can. I think we can. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven and start this with prayer, would you? Would you just lift your voice right now? Go ahead and get it real warmed up like you were during worship. Would you really lift your voice and would you pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to do an incredible work here tonight? Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord and give Him praise in this house. You may be seated tonight. The first thing is first. One of the old expressions is don't get the cart before the horse. Yeah, thank you. Even the younger generation knew that one. <laughs> don't get... 
Don't get things out of order. Don't get things confused. I'll never forget, I was, uh, I was in my early 20s. I was already on staff there in Ohio at the church and Brother Sleva. My early years there at the church, I'll never forget, I showed up to church and uh, first full day on the job and I had a really nice suit on. Pastor just kind of smiled at me and uh, he let me go for a, a day or so and he was real kind about it. He kind of said, you, you don't have to wear a suit. That's how he said it. You don't have to wear a suit to, to the church, to work. And I thought, well, that's okay, I'm a preacher. <laughs> you know, I'm aware. Next day, he wasn't so subtle. Brother Turner, he said, um, why don't you put on something a little more comfortable? Go, the house was just right there at Parson. Why don't you just put on a little something more comfortable? If he would have told me that he wanted me to dig a trench, I would have got the hemp better. I came back in a pair of nice khakis and a nice dress shirt, and he said, um, you got any jeans? Like old jeans? And I became very well acquainted with what it means to work in the manual ministry. If you ain't ever cleaned toilets and preached the same day, you ain't really lived. I'll never forget, I, it sounds kind of odd, but I, I became pretty good at cleaning bathroom, making things shine just right. Brother Zach, that's part of ministry. I was in there, man, I had those things so clean. I'll never forget one evening I was there in the bathroom. Here I am. I was, I, I was standing in there, just happened to be at the right time. I had cleaned the, the bathrooms real good for this event. And somebody was standing in there and said, I bet these are the cleanest bathrooms in town. I stand in there kind of like the, this is the, my ministry right here. Part of that manual labor, yeah, I learned how to do a lot of painting. Learned how to do a lot of trench digging. I learned all kinds of things for remodeling. It prepared me to turn an entire house around. I was learning things on the church. Learned how to, learn how to and how not to drywall. <laughs> that's an art taping and mudding and doing all that but we had uh we had 16 acres there on the campus and 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 one day I was doing some work I was doing some work around the the yard and there were these gas hedge trimmers and uh man I was just gonna take I was gonna take the bull by the horn so to speak you know and brother Hauk I found those Hedge trimmers out there, they needed me to work on them. And I went and I, I checked. I made sure the mix was right. I, 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 I walked through it all. I looked at it. I got it primed just right. I checked the little choke deal on the side, make sure, you know, one, two, three. I had it on one. I did everything just right, and I pulled that deal. I, well, it didn't happen. I pulled it. I pulled, and I pulled, and I pulled. My shoulder about pulled out. I probably flooded it, but I was so frustrated that I couldn't get this little set of hedge trimmers fired up. I stopped. I stomped around. Any guy that's ever worked on the grounds or couldn't get something to work, or any lady for that matter, know what it means to just have to step back. You ever just step back and look at something? 
And then, as if Brother Highkirk something was going to change, I went back and started pulling it. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I went on for about 20 minutes until I finally walked in the church and I said, I said, those hedge trimmers are broke. I'm going to have to take them to the shop. The elder that was there said, really? I said, yeah, they're not working. I just used them. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You must have broke them. <laughs> Can't be me in my 20 plus nothing years of experience. Elder walked out there and got down on the ground. I said, yeah, I checked everything. You know, I made sure that they, it's got plenty of fuel. The mix looks right. I got down on it. And that elder got down on there and turned it up under. And just up underneath there, there was a hidden little switch that had the words on, off. Yeah, it's funny now. I felt about that big. I wanted to be like, that was a test. You still got it. No, what did I do? I, I ate my humble pie and I said, I, I feel so silly. I can't believe it's there. And that elder said, first things first. Hmm. The reality of what I felt today when I went to the Lord in prayer this afternoon is first thing that ever gave this church any power was prayer. And the last thing that's ever going to give this church any power is going to be prayer. If we're ever going to be successful for the kingdom of God, it's going to be because we know how to get a hold of the Lord. Can I tell you that there are a lot of things about the Pentecostal church that the world and churches in the world have tried to emulate? Do you know there's a lot of churches that have adopted our worship? It's true. And if we're not careful, Brother Watkins, even some of our songs too closely coexist. But there's always been something about us that seems as though it cannot be compared to by anybody else. We believe in the power of prayer. I mean, if anybody believes in the power of prayer, if anybody believes that when we begin to articulate and we begin to enunciate and we begin to say holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. If anybody believes that heaven comes down, it is the people of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If anybody believes that there can still be healings and signs and wonders, it is we who have been buried in the name and filled with His Spirit. And so I come on Sunday night, July 12th, to remind us if we're going to see the revival we've been dancing about, we're going to have to pray. If we're going to rebuild the city, we got to start with the altar. If we're going to build the foundation, we're going to have to start with the altar. I'm going to go ahead and address this right now. I've had so many people come up and tap me on the shoulder and talk to me about update here and update there. 
and I'm good with it. I even snuck a little sea of green comment in last Sunday morning. Got a lot of texts about that. More than we need paint, we need prayer. Brother Turner, you and I are in, just you and me for a second. Here's my friend. We got to put gutters in, but we need prayer more. And we got to work on the roof, but we need prayer more. And we got to work on the awnings, but we need prayer more than we need anything. We need enrollment at the school, but we need prayer more. Because one thing is relying on another. When they built the altar, everything else came with it. When they built the altar, everything else came along. The Lord was teaching them, if you can pray, I can provide. If you can pray, I can bring provision. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven right now and say, God, make me a man of prayer or make me a woman of prayer. Come on, pray it. Pray, pray. What are you doing, Zerubbabel? What are you doing, Joshua? I tell you what we're doing. I know there's people that want to torment us. I know there's people that don't like this process. But I cannot keep weeping over past destruction. I've got to start praying over my future. I've got to start praying over... You got to forgive me. I feel a little shook tonight. I feel a little bit something in my spirit. I want the most beautiful church we can have. But if I got to choose between that and the most powerful church, I'd rather have I'd rather have prayer than prestige. I'd rather have prayer than polish. I'd rather have prayer. I don't have three points in a poem for you tonight. What I've got is one word that brings humanity and deity together. We need prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. We need the kind of prayer that lays outside our lost baby's bedrooms and pleads the blood. We need prayer. We need the kind of blood that lays at the beginnings of an altar when everybody says there's not even a foundation yet. Why would you build an altar when there's no foundation? Why would you build an altar in the middle of this rubble? Because if you can build an altar with rubble in your perspective. If you can learn how to build an altar when it doesn't look right. If you can learn how to build an altar when everything around you says it's never going to happen. If you can learn to build an altar when everyone around you seems to be against What about all the people? 
All the people of that place looking at them. Here they are, the children of Israel. Here they are gathered there. But there wasn't one of them that had dissent. There wasn't one of them that was contentious. The Bible said they came together like one man. It would have been one thing if it was just Joshua. It would have been one thing if it was just Zerubbabel. But when they lifted their voice, all the people. I question the Lord a little bit today. And I said, but how do I preach that tonight? How do I preach that when we have so many that are not there because of sickness? And we have so many that are on vacation. And we have so many that are just fearful. He said, the text is about a remnant of believers. A remnant of believers that begin to pray. That paved the way for everything. It's hard for some to walk in when the city's still in ruins. But you let the altar turn into foundation. And you let the foundation turn into a wall. And you let the wall turn into a temple. Woo! And those who were nervous will get prayed right into that place by those who weren't. Anybody hear what I'm saying tonight? Brother Carson, we're trying to get Sunday school started. Yes, we are. But Brother Healy, until we get there, we're going to pray that God would somehow save our children and somehow give us wisdom to guard them. And yes, we're going to do our best to be creative, but we're going to pray. And when we don't know what else to do, we're going to pray. And when our messages seem to fall flat, we're going to pray. And when our choir can't all get right next to each, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray if I say it once I may say it a hundred times tonight we're going to pray Brother Sleva you've asked me what's my vision for prayer here's my vision for prayer that we would do it regardless of what people think that we would do it regardless of what people say whether five or five hundred show up let's just pray whether the house is filled or whether only a few come Come on! Why do we walk around Monument Circle if they could walk around the walls of Jericho and not have to feel overwhelmed? Then why would we feel like we got to take a back seat? We are men and women of prayer. I'm going to tell you how we're going to reach those families from CCS. going to pray that family right now they're in the middle of a divorce she's been overwhelmed a child slated to start school in less than a month we're praying that you'd begin to do a divine work we're praying that you'd begin to work the soil of that heart Throw your hands towards heaven. I feel unction in this room right now. I need somebody to pray right now like your life's on the line. 
I need somebody to pray like our church is on the line right now. Come on, there's been a lot of prayer against sickness and we're going to do that. But right now, I want us to pray against sin. Come on, I want us to pray against the affliction of sin. Young people, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray. Elders, I want you to stretch hands towards them and I want you to pray. We need impartation of how to pray and get a hold of Come on, that's it, the balcony. I want you to pray. I want everybody to pray for every seat around you. Pray for every pew around you. That they would be filled. God didn't give us a seat that he doesn't have a body for. God, we refuse to depend on our conferences to fill our building. We're building our altar so you build this building. We pray, we pray, we pray in the name. Somebody begin to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now watch this. You may be seated, watch this. If you have your Bible, open your Bible to Ezra. Ezra 3, you read this with me so you know I'm not making it up. Verse 6, from the first day of the seventh month, they begin to offer burnt offerings. That's where we read. But that foundation was not there. Watch this, verse 7. They gave money also unto the masons, the carpenters, meat, drink, oil unto them of Sidon, and to them of Tyre, to bring cedar trees from Lebanon. Remember the great cedars that fall when Solomon is building the house of the Lord. The cedars of Lebanon is a beautiful and interesting study for you sometime. According to the grant that they had of Cyrus, king of Persia, in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, begins Arubabel, the son of Sheatiel, the, and, uh, uh, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, the the remnant of their brethren, the priests of the Levites and all that were come out of captivity unto Jerusalem and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward. We got to have our young adults. Young adults, I'm pausing and I'm calling for you right now to step up to the plate in ministry.
and serve the purpose of the kingdom of God. Those of you between the ages of 1836, something like that right now, this is your greatest time of life. You're never going to have more energy. Come on, help me, help me, elder, say amen to that right now. Never going to have more energy, never going to have more vibrancy. And you got a pastor, listen to your pastor here right now. I'm going to tell you, I believe in you. I believe in your ability. If our government will give multi-million dollar jets to generation like you, I'm going to tell you, you're more than qualified to teach Sunday school. I'm going to pause here and preach for a second. I think that we've got to stop treating our young adults like they're children. Young adults, hear me right now. I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to tell you something right now. we got to step up to the plate in this generation and we have got to lead what the Lord is doing right here and right now. There's never been a finer hour for our young people and our young adults to step up to the plate and say, God, what can I do for your kingdom? I'm telling you, 15, 16, 17, all the way up through our young adults. I know the world wants to make some of you think it's okay to lay around in mom's basement and play video games all day but the devil is a lie and that is not the will of God there are souls to be won there are battles to be conquered we gotta get back to building altars and building the kingdom of oh clap your hands under the Lord and give him Verse 10, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set their priests in their apparel with trumpets. And the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals. You know Asaph, Asaph, David's choir leader. Talk about a tough gig. We talk about him another time. I don't have time, but we'll come back to that. That was a tough job. It was Asaph. I got to pause. I don't know. Maybe the Lord's impressing me. It was Asaph really who wrote the, you know the psalm. A lot of people say it was David that said when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. That's actually a psalm of, written by, penned by Asaph. Uh-huh. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he said my feet had well nigh slipped until I entered into the sanctuary. When I entered the sanctuary, I remembered therein. There's something about being close enough to the temple of God. There's something about close enough to the presence of God. There's something about, how many ever know that every now and then you don't even feel like coming to church and then you walk in and remember why you came? Maybe I'm the only one. There's times I didn't want to go to church and I was supposed to preach. But then when I got in there, whoo, they started singing that song. You know, hey, I called that out this morning. I said, I want you to sing that song today. Let me tell you how the Lord works. Not many people would know this. It was just funny to me. It was already on the set list for tonight. That's almost like the Lord was in it. Got it here and they, they begin to set them and they put them in their priestly garment and they... How do we do this? What are people going to say about us? Who cares what people say about us? You know how many people are walking around talking about the previous destruction? Why do you care that they're talking about history? 
when God's already given you a clear vision for future. What happened when they built an altar? I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but we just read it. When they built an altar, money just started coming in. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, watch this. Parking lot got paved. Somebody miraculously walks up and, and gives $20,000 check. I'll take stuff like that all day long. Would you? Say, Brother Carson, who gave it? I tell you, before God, I don't even know. But he does. He does. And if he impressed on you to give in the middle, whatever he tells you to give from an altar, you better give. Because I have found this, that if he tells me something in an altar, general conference is very tough for my wife and I for one regard. Typically, I leave general conference having to sell stuff I don't even own yet. Is when I start hearing about the need. When I start hearing about the need to push the gospel forward. I don't believe in giving money to win prizes. Please hear me right now. I don't believe in giving money for plaques. You don't have to like that. That's just the truth. It's how I feel. I don't think it's biblical. I don't believe in giving money to get plaques. I think it's okay if people honor the church for giving sacrificially. I think that's good. But I don't think we give to get. But I do think that when we build altars and we see needs, money starts coming. People start giving sacrificially. Oh, Pastor Carson, if you're trying to take up sacrificial offering, this is a wrong night. I'm not doing that. It's not what I'm after tonight. Tonight I'm after an altar. Because I don't even want a dollar to come without an altar. I mean, I, I really don't. Here's what I found about altars because I've watched it. I've watched altars that happen in here move the heart of a businessman across town. Had one sweet, one sweet little lady from the church. She was a nurse and she walked into a room and they had just given a, 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 a diagnosis. It was a drastic, a fatal diagnosis to a man in the room and everybody walked out. She said, I could tell he was dejected. She said, I felt prompting of the Holy Ghost. She said, I probably wasn't supposed to do it. But I turned around and, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? If it's okay, could I pray with you? The man looked at her and said that. That would be great. Later, when he sent a, a check to the tunes of multiple thousand dollars to our church, tens of thousands, in that letter he wrote these words. In all my 60 plus years, no one had ever asked to pray for me. He said, I've lived my whole life and no one's ever asked to pray for me. He said, when she prayed for me, I felt something go through me that I've never felt before. So I had to track down what church she was from and send this to you to say, keep doing whatever you're doing. You know what I want? 
I want the impact of Calvary Tabernacle to spread across every. I want it to work through Brother McDoor in our hospitals. I want it to work through our nurses. I want it to work through our nursing homes. I want it to work through our businesses. Are you saying, Brother Carson, you want it so that checks? No! Hear me now. The money followed the altar. If God wants to send it, let, let, let's, let's jump to this. This story is so big and broad. It's really a Bible study. There's no way to, to do it justice. Go, go to Haggai, if you will. Haggai, it's, it's right before Zechariah. It's a tiny little, little, little book. They're going to put it on the screen, I, I, I think, to help you here. Haggai chapter 2. Uh, you okay? Are we okay? I hope you're all right tonight. I feel... Feel such a prompting here in the seventh year, the seventh, in the seventh month, and one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel. I'm so moved tonight. Speak to him, speak to Joshua, the son of Joseph. The residue of the people saying, Go on, he's this is what he who is left among you that saw the house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is, is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua, son of Joshua. Be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And do what? Work. Why? I am with you. This narrative is broad and stretches and, and it's reaching. He goes on and says, I want you to work according to the word that I want us to read aloud. This is gonna this is gonna help, okay? It's gonna get us get us all in unity here in verse six. Go to verse six. Everybody, we're going we're gonna to read aloud, okay? Ready? Here we go. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 8. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place... Don't worry about what was. Don't worry about living in the past. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I thank God for the heritage of the United Pentecostal Church. I thank God for the heritage of the Pentecostal movement. I thank God for the oneness Pentecostal movement. And I thank God specifically for the heritage of Calvary Tabernacle. And I've been doing my best to trace her fine history and her legacy and heritage. But I remind us here tonight, I will not weep over what is in the past, but I feel rejoicing about what is in the I feel a rejoicing in my spirit over what is in the now and over what is in the 
How can you do that in the midst of this sickness? How can you do that? I'll tell you how. Because I'm building an altar. And every time I build it, I feel like the Lord is drawing nearer. And everything I offer, I feel like the Lord is drawing nearer. How's it going to happen? Let me just address what so many have been talking and thinking about. What are we going to do with that building over there? The gold's his. Woo! You're really chewing on some stuff tonight. Yeah, but what are we going to do with the asbestos? How are we going to deal with that over there? The silver's his! And this is a church that always has been and remains committed to pursuing revival and seeking the kingdom of God and watching His work be done. How many know that if He chooses to, He can open up the window of heaven at any time and pour out a blessing upon us that we could not even contain? I believe we got to put a seed into it, but I believe once we begin to sow into it, as long as we make the first thing first, that God can open up the windows of heaven. He can give the right businessmen. He can give the right... Man, I'm going to preach this for a minute. For those of you that think it's just faith preaching, guilty as charged. I'm a man of faith tonight, and I feel reckless on a mission. I refuse to sit back and suck my thumb and let the devil laugh at us and talk about what happened been and what could have been and what should have been and you ought to feel the same way my family's going to have revival my church is going to see my 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 I wish you would dance a little bit shout a little bit right now what starts with an altar will not be quenched by the enemy we've got an altar and we've got a promise yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, don't make me yell for you to shout. Go ahead and shout anyway. Stand, stand with me. Read, read later, Zechariah. Read about, read about Zerubbabel, that measuring stick, that plumb line in his hand. <laughs> Measure it out. How are things going to be? How are we going to do this? How, how are we going to make all this work? where the Lord said you need to not be despising the beginning of small things Those, don't, don't judge a thing by the way it looks right now you judge it by the word I give you Woo. don't judge it by right now don't judge it by right now don't judge it by the words of the naysayers judge it by the word of God we're not going to judge our college based on what some other naysayers are saying. We're not going to judge our economy based on what some people in the world are saying. I'm going to tell you right now, God could give such economic growth to the city of Indianapolis like... 
if my people, yes. which are called by my name, yes. shall humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. We're saying, God, give us revival. And God is saying, then pray. God, save my family. Then pray. God, give us blessing. Then pray. I want you, everybody, however you want to find a place, lifting your hands or coming down and staying social distance. I'm going to kneel right here at this seat for a while. They can play. I don't even want anybody to sing for a few minutes. I want everybody in the building to pray. I don't want us to have any cheerleading for a little bit. I just want there to be prayer. I want us to turn this into a prayer meeting for just a little while.